Good morning. Guys, what an encouragement that was. Emma, your team, the church getting together together this morning to hear. Like I was just in the back and could kind of hear it a little bit, but just each of the responses of people responding to the gospel, responding to people sharing the gospel. I mean, it's amazing how that just actually fits exactly into the text that God has us in this morning. And I just hope that you're encouraged. Were, were you encouraged? Yeah. Encouraged in our faith. And that is what we're going to talk about today. We have been looking at Jesus's comments. Last week, Alan pointed us to what does it mean to have a, a vision for our church? And it's so easy, right? He shared this and it's if you've been to any church, you probably hear about, oh, what's your mission? What's your vision? And we, they talk about it and talk about it. And sometimes, if I'm, if I'm honest, I'm going to be honest, and I'm on staff, so um, it can feel just like working in the marketplace. Oh, I've got, I got more stuff to do. I, I, I know my company has this vision and this mission, and I'm supposed to, I'm getting paid to do this stuff. And so here's all the things I got to do. I got to do, I got to do, I got to do. And it's just a wait because you know, hey, this is the job. We got to do that. And can't the church sometimes feel like that? Gosh, I just had a 40, 50, 60 hour work week. And now I come to the church and it's like another weight gets put on us. Does it ever feel like that to you? It's really quiet. No one wants to actually admit. I'm, I'm on staff and I worked in the marketplace and I've been on staff now and it, and it can feel like it's so much and it can kind of be like, wait, what's the difference here? Okay, for God, but for work. And, and, and man, I love what Alan did last week because he just pointed us back to the scriptures. And it encouraged my heart to remember that this isn't a burden that we're supposed to, carry all on our own, but this is one that we entrust to the Lord with. And so I was convicted and just wrestling with, okay, wait, okay, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. And Alan was talking about that, right? Like we live in a culture that measures success by bigger, better, faster, more efficient. And can't we feel like that with our church sometimes? Listen, Grace Hills, neither of those ones I just, not bigger, not better, and not more efficient. Y'all know that. Wait, did you agree with me on that? Did you hear that, Alan? <laughs> wow, okay. But I'm just leveling with you as I was sitting under the word last week and even prepping this week and just wrestling with this. It's like, God, what do you mean? What does it mean for us as a church, people who are committed to being together, following you? What are we supposed to do? There's a thousand things it feels like we're supposed to do. And in one sense, there is. But in others, it's, it's actually pretty simple. And I just speak for myself. And this is my longing and my prayer this morning for us as we sit under the word of God this morning. Is that you might find encouragement in what the Lord has to say for us together as his people. What is his vision for us? The size of a mustard seed? The kingdom of God being like that? And then this morning, what does it mean for us to have a faith like a mustard seed? I had all these preconceived notions, if you've been around the church sometime. Faith like a mustard seed. You can move mountains. We're going to get to that. We're going to read this. And I found some deep discouragements in my own faith because I haven't understood what does Jesus mean when he says to have a faith like a mustard seed. But I hope that what we're going to see 
is that faith will translate into Jesus' view of his kingdom being just like a mustard seed as well. And we'll find encouragement. And we'll want to get after it together. We want to be encouraged and renewed and refreshed in our faith this morning. If you're struggling in that, I believe God wants to encourage you this morning. And I believe he wants to challenge us. So how does the church follow Jesus and seek first his kingdom which Jesus himself, I mean, remember last week, hey, I want to point one thing out of the text that Alan put. Listen, Jesus in the text last week goes, hey, what shall I compare the kingdom of God to be like? We get an unbelievably unique view of Jesus himself, his actual opinion. He's sitting there going, what shall I compare it to? He looks around at things that we might see around us and says, ah, it's like a mustard seed. Like that blew me away that we got Jesus's real human insight to what he thought of his own kingdom. And I was like, man, that's so encouraging that we get to hear that. So what does it mean for us to follow that vision with a faith the size of a mustard seed? So I want to organize our time and the word this morning just around two points. Just two points for you. So um, it's going to be these two points. These are the main points of the entire sermon. The first one is this. Faith, like a mustard seed, is based on substance, not quantity. Faith, like a mustard seed, is based on the substance, not how much of it we have. All right, that's the first thing. And the second thing is this, is that faith, like a mustard seed, will be the clearest evidence that we actually love God and love other people. Faith like a mustard seed will be the clearest evidence for you and me to determine, do we really love God and our neighbors? Heavenly Father, I just want to ask for your help this morning as we just spend time in your word. Lord, we have... Two spots where your son Jesus even just speaks of these two, this uses this metaphor again, and Lord, it can be really confusing. And, and yet, Lord, I think what you desire for us is to, to actually get clarity and to, to, to simplify our lives and to simplify our faith and actually find that the substance of it is the main point, God. And so, Lord, with this morning... Wherever your spirit sees fit, would you move and encourage? Lord, maybe we put our faith in things that aren't actually you. Maybe we've been putting our faith. Maybe we've been trying so hard to do this church thing right, and it feels just like a burden, just like our job does. And so, Lord, would you just minister to those of us in the room who just feel like there's just one more thing to do, and I'm just I'm kind of being buried with the weight of all of this? Lord, I think... I think as you've done in my heart this week, God, you have, you've lifted burdens. You've lifted wrong thinking. You have, you've helped see clearly, Lord, what your vision is and how you want to accomplish it. So, for, for Father, would you just, would you be present in the room as we know you are, Lord, but would we recognize that in a way, God, that would be uh, just a gift to us in our own faith, Lord. We ask this in Jesus' name, amen. The first text we're gonna be in, and if you have your Bible, it'll be Matthew 17, and it's gonna be verses 14 through 20. So go ahead and turn there if you would like. 
Uh, the text will be on the screen. I want to read that. I'm going to read the two texts we're going to be in back to back, and then we're going to just do the dive on those two main points on these things. So Matthew 17, verse 14 through 20. We're going to read that. It's on the screen. If you have it, your own Bible, go ahead and follow along as I read. Matthew 17, verse 14. And when they came to the crowd, a man came up to him, kneeling before him, said, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he has seizures and he suffers terribly. For often he falls into the fire and often into the water, and I, I brought him to your disciples and they could not heal him. And Jesus answered, O faithless and twisted generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the boy was healed instantly. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, because of your little faith. For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Our second text this morning that we're going to look at is in Luke chapter 17. Feel free to turn there, but it'll be on the screen as well. And we find this, Jesus speaking to his disciples, Luke 17, 1 through 6, and he says, Jesus, and he said to his disciples, temptations to sin are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea than he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. And the apostle said to the Lord, increase our faith. And the Lord said, if you had faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you could say, to the mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted into the sea, and it would obey you. So the first point I said was faith like a mustard seed is based on substance, the substance of our faith, not the quantity of it. So if we look back at our text in Matthew that we read, we notice something interesting. Did you catch it? Did you catch Jesus's emotion in that text in that spot, did you notice it? Did you notice his frustration? Did you notice that he's really frustrated with his disciples? Not because he was asked to heal. He's frustrated with his disciples because they're actually the closest people to him. He's frustrated with him in this scene because he's just come down from the mountain of transfiguration and the glory of Jesus was shown to the three disciples that were there. He comes back down and he meets with the rest of the disciples who have been following him for a long time now. And, and Jesus is like, man, you should get what it means, who I am. And what does he find? He finds a lack of faith. And he's frustrated. 
Jesus in his humanity says, man, I'm not seeing the faith that I'm looking for in the people who are closest to me. And in fact, he says this thing about the generation and then he generalizes it and goes, listen, if these guys can't get it, what hope is there for the whole generation around? (laughs) It makes me think a little bit like, wait, man, my son, uh, I was like, hey, you can take out the trash. You, You can do it. I don't know, dad. Yeah, dad, no, I've got so many things to do. I've got like video games and, you know, it's like, he's like straight, like he doesn't lie yet very well because he's just like, no, no, I got other things to do. It's like, no, no, you can do, you can take out the trash. Really, you can do that. So I leave, come back, trash isn't taken out. Buddy, dad, I, I, need, I, I need you to do it. Like, no, you, no, you don't. I promise you don't. I promise. I've seen you pick up your sister. The trash is a lot less than your sister. Right? There's like frustration in me because I'm like, dude, I know you can do this. Like, gosh, I, what, what? There's like, it's just a sense of frustration. So look, go back a few chapters. You don't need to do this and it'll be on the screen. But the, listen, Jesus is recognizing, man, the substance of your faith isn't in me. It's in the circumstance. So look, go back to Matthew chapter 10 and it'll be in verses 7 and 8. And there Jesus is going to say, this is where Jesus, like me with my kid in the trash, going like, listen, no, 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 you can do this, right? And he doesn't do it. And like them being frustrated, then when you come and find out, they're not doing it. Why? Why? Well, the substance of their faith isn't in Jesus. Look, read with me, if you will, in Matthew 10, verse 7 and 8. Here's Jesus. Jesus' words, he says, this is to those same disciples. Proclaim as you go, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse lepers, cast out demons. Disciples have been given the authority and the power to do these things. What happened here in chapter 17 where we are? What happened? They didn't have a faith grounded in substance. They had a faith grounded in the circumstance. And Jesus is frustrated. And while we don't get a full explanation of why their faith wasn't sufficient, we can see that authority alone wasn't enough, just like it was for my son. Hey, I had given him authority to take it out. And I actually knew he could do it. And Jesus is saying the same thing. You can do it. I'm giving you the authority and the power. Do that in my name. And they, oh, they, they, they couldn't do it. Why? They missed him. See, in Mark 9, we get a glimpse of this same scene. And Jesus actually explains a little bit more that we don't see in Matthew. And he says this. You don't need to turn there. And in some manuscripts, we'll see them add this. He says, the reason, the reason you couldn't do it is because this demon takes prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. What are those two disciplines focused on? Both of those disciplines that Jesus is saying respond to faith. They are both rooted in complete dependence on God, not themselves. Jesus is telling us that mustard seed size faith is based on substance, not the quantity of it. And so like, where do we see this again in the text of Luke that we looked at? The main premise of Luke in the section we read, is really all about discipleship. He's talking about sin and temptation to sin and all of these things. And so I just want to point out, like, in, 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 in the way that Jesus speaks here about the, the faith of a mustard seed, he's listening, he's going, he goes, look, and the, the idea of relationship with one another is going to be vital to your understanding here of following me. See, in verse 3 and verse 4 of Luke 17, it says that personal relationships are actually going to be the testing grounds for where is your faith? Is it in Jesus or is it in circumstances?
Is it going to be going to one another and talking about our sin like it says in Luke 17? And then forgiving one another in a community of deep faith and commitment? You see, that's what we see all throughout the New Testament, right? You don't need to turn there, but 1 Thessalonians, Thessalonians 5, 14 through 15 says this. We urge you, brothers, admonish the idol. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient with them all. See that no one repays anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good one another and to everyone. Now, Maybe you're going like, hey, all right, okay, 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 I got the context here, okay. Jesus is talking about in the context of relationships. But actually, Evan, I have a question for you. You said faith is not about substance, it's about substance, not about quantity. But the disciples actually ask in Luke, give me more of something. Isn't that about quantity? You're right. If you had that question, you're right. They do. They say increase our faith. That's a quantitative request, isn't it? So, wait, how is faith about substance, not about quantity? What is Jesus' response to the request for more in Luke chapter 17? He says that even if you had a little bit of faith, like a mustard seed of that faith, that would be all you need. I'm not saying you need more. He said you need to have faith. That kind of shook me a bit. I'm like, what? I get, I, I relate with the disciples going, okay, okay, I need more. And Jesus goes, no, no, no. You need faith the size of a mustard seed. You need faith. Do the disciples not have faith? Do I not have faith, God? Talking about faith, I just want to make sure that we're clear on what faith really means. See, faith is literally all over the Bible, right? And I just think the best definition that we can use as we're working here and kind of finish out these texts together is from found in Hebrews 11, verse 1. It'll be on the screen. And it says this. You read it. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Can you leave that text up just for a little bit? The KGV, KJV, KGV, somebody, don't send me an email. Don't do it. J and G are hard, guys. It's really hard. The KJV actually translates that text right there. It says this. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So, so, so what is the assurance? What is the substance that we base our faith on? This is like the easiest answer in the world. What is it based on? It's based on the risen Jesus. It's based on the risen Jesus, he, Jesus is the substance of our faith. And so I really want to be clear here. Faith isn't just this strong feeling, okay? Like Jesus isn't aiming at, I just need you to feel more. That's part of it, but it's not the sum total of it at all. See, I think it's really, and from this text that we see, faith is really a volitional act of our will. 
to trust that Jesus has risen from the dead. To trust, to have an act of volitional will, to trust that he has defeated sin and death because he has risen from the grave. And that that there's a volitional, willful act to believe that he has forgiven you and me. And that faith in this Jesus, the substance would mean that our lives are oriented all around living in ways that trust Jesus and follow what he says. That is faith. And that is what it means to have faith of a mustard seed that's based on a substance, not on a circumstance. Now, I want to move to the second point. How is mustard seed faith the clearest evidence that we have love for God and love for neighbor? Here's the real test. When do the disciples ask all together, by the way? Notice that in the text. When do they ask collectively for an increase of faith? (laughs) When Jesus teaches them to forgive. That really struck me, guys. I'm sitting there reading this. They didn't ask him for more love, they didn't ask him for more grace, they didn't ask him for more knowledge. Increase our faith to follow what you just said, meaning forgive one another. That struck me right in between the eyes. And Jesus, no, no, I don't mean forgive once. I mean repeatedly. See, forgiveness isn't just hard for you and me. It was really hard for the disciples, and they were the ones closest to Jesus. I'm not sure if that's supposed to make us feel better. But it's certainly to drive home the point that this was a hard saying that required faith. It takes faith the size of a mustard seed to have hope to be able to forgive. Listen, I don't know a more central theme in all of Christianity. I I don't know one that's more foundational than this ability to forgive. Like how much... Faith, does it feel like the quantity thing comes up again in my head? It goes, how much faith does it mean to really forgive someone that just jacked up things in your life? Every one of us in this room has a person or a situation that we know of that we can think of of going like, hey, to forgive that thing or that person. We all can come up pretty quickly. I think our bodies will tell us real fast. Uh, yeah, but not, yeah, here, here's all the, da, 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 da. the disciples increase our faith, Jesus Forgive like you just said, increase our faith. At least they were honest, I think, sometimes. I'm not that honest to go, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll put some Christian ease on it. Like, well, we haven't reconciled yet. And, and like, I'm not trying to be light and fluffy with that. I know this is real hard stuff. But, man, we can put Christian ease on that. And the disciples at least go, increase our faith if that's what you mean. Seven times in a day? What does seven times in a day mean? Because I have kids. I know what that means. Like, you're not sorry. You're not sorry after the third time. You're like, dude, just get out. Just get out. That's how I am. Like, just, just go. Talk to me tomorrow. Talk to me when, yeah. Like, 
But that's my kids. But let's talk about something at work. Talk about something in the church. Church hurts the worst. Forgive? Increase our faith. See, that's why I think this is really the true test of love of God. <laughs> Will you forgive? Will I forgive? I'm like spring-loaded with all the reasons not to. And I've got the really good reasons, trust me. No, no, you just don't understand. I'm speaking broadly about forgiveness. I don't have time to go into the nuance of this stuff, right? But see, I think Jesus, what he's doing right now, with the spirits at work pressing in on my heart and your heart right now and the seat right here is going, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. I'm, I'm not interested in all of the different nuances. I'm interested in your heart. Where is it? Where is your heart? Where is your faith? Is it in me or is it in the circumstances? If circumstances change, then I'll forgive. Jesus, no, 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 no. Do I have your heart? Do you love me? Do you trust me? To be able to forgive seven times seven over and over and over again. Do we believe him? Do we believe him enough to forgive someone else? And so I just, I just want to take just the remainder of our time. And I want to dream. I sat all week and was just like, what would it look like in my life if I had the faith of a mustard seed, trusting in you, to be able to be marked by a life of forgiveness towards others and actually accepting yours, God? And so I thought, what would it look like? What would the dream look like for you and me, Grace Hill, this community, these people in this room right now? What would it look like if we were a community of people who forgive each other? Not talk about it. Not give a mental assent to the theology and doctrine of these things, you know. But no, 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 like we're marked as a people who forgive. See, what I found out is that that is not me. And I've been in a place of repentance of that and asking God for help. And standing before you guys talking about this very thing and going, I mean, what would the dream look like if my life was a part of this community as a way of being marked by forgiveness? rather than here's a list of all the things, whatever they are, that bug me or frustrate me or actually legitimately hurt? What would it look like if I just forgave? And so I just wanted to share a couple things. And, and maybe just, I know it sounds maybe a little weird, but just hang with me. Close your eyes. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna share what it could look like. What would it be for us to be a community of people who forgive each other? Well, it might look like a group of people who are, who are committed to one another, who are consistently with each other. You see that? In your mind's eye, in your heart, you, what does that look like for you? It would look like a group of people who are looking for ways to outdo one another in love and honor. Like, what does that look like in your mindset? 
What would that feel like for you to be sought after and to be honored and come for, loved and cared for? It would look like a community full of people who have faith like a small mustard seed to trust that God is really at work in the place where he calls us in Luke to go and to talk with one another when something offends them or hurts them or confuses them. You see that? Does that feel uncomfortable? Is Jesus gently encouraging you? See, Maybe it could look like a bunch of people who when someone comes to them with a struggle or frustration, that with just a little mustard-sized seed of faith to trust God, that they might, we might, you might actually listen to someone else's struggles with you or about something. And that, 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 that mustard-sized seed's faith might help us and Jesus might help us to learn to understand why someone is coming to them with, with concern of whatever concern that is. Do, 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 you see, do you see what that would look like in your mind? Have you experienced that? Do you have a vision of what that could be? As your eyes are still just closed, what would it be to dream to be amongst a community of people who are always seeking to encourage one another daily? To hang in there when it's hard to trust God. Has it been hard for you to trust God? As you have your eyes closed, do you see that place that's hard to trust God right now? The one thing you don't want to pay attention to? The thing that in this moment you might want to be going, like, Evan, just take your foot off the gas here. I want to get up. I want to do something different. Like, what's that place? Has someone hung in there with you? What would that be like to invite someone into that place to encourage you? Daily. And you can open your eyes if you've continued to follow me in that place. But that dream, that vision, I believe, is, is a people who, as the writers all over the New Testament, especially Paul says, are marked by a faith that has been saved by grace alone. And so that in the awkwardness of all of these things that happen amongst us all the time, the frustrations of relational conflicts that happened amongst us all the time, that we move towards one another, not away from each other. See, forgiveness is really a litmus test for our own hearts before God. The disciples knew it, and they immediately said, God, give us faith. Give us more faith. But we don't need more faith. Jesus is going, you just need, you just need a little bit. Because it's not based on your circumstances. It's centered on the power of the risen Jesus Christ. Why is the gospel good news? I can think of one now. I think of a real practical one to forgive. 
that the risen Jesus is alive, that he would have the power for us with just a little bit of faith to forgive that person or that situation that happened to us. Even just a little bit of faith would give you and me the power to forgive one another because we are united with the God. That's the doctrine of being with union with Christ. That's what that lofty doctrine means. It's the actual power to do these things, like to forgive each other. Do we love God and do we love our neighbor as ourselves? There's those questions, the two greatest commandments. Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving each other, just as God in Christ has also forgiven you. Colossians 3.13. Bearing with one another and forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. So from this place of being freshly reminded of the very forgiveness of God himself to us, we in turn now love others. And so that is how we see that a faith the size of a mustard seed is the clearest evidence that we love God and we love other people. Our faith is rooted in the substance of Jesus Christ. I'm gonna close here. Last week, Alan shared two ways that we could practically do that here at Grace Hill. Remember at the very beginning, you want some really cool metric and how bigger, better, faster, more efficient? I'd give you, if I had 100 bucks on me, I would do this, so I don't. So just Monopoly money. If I had 100 bucks from Monopoly money, I'd give you. What are the two things you think I'm going to say? How do we play this out? How does it look like for us? What are two ways that we can practically do these very things? Love God and love others. There's no better opportunity than being around one another. That's God's kingdom's growth plan. That's what he says is the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed. Mustard seed faith is to love each other the way God has loved us. Do we have that love? So what would it look like to have a faith like a mustard seed to commit to a group of followers of Jesus? That's why we do community groups. Oh, yeah, I knew you were going to say that one, Evan. Oh, shucks, you're the pastor of that, aren't you? Find me another way. There's no, there's no shortcut. What would it look like if we were committed to one another consistently, weekly, committed to one another in this room, like looking to your left and your right, behind you and in front of you, like going, I commit to you and I'm gonna consistently be there for you and you, me. Is that not the breeding ground for this kind of faith that Jesus is saying, like a mustard seed that trusts in Jesus and that abandons all of our other things and say, no, no, I'm gonna trust Jesus in this way. And and actually I just have a little bit because I mean, I can think of all the other things I'd rather be doing. Do I trust that the kingdom of God is going to be like a mustard seed? And that God might after weeks and months and years grow something so much bigger than I could ever imagine. Might he do that? I can unequivocally promise you Yes, he will. He is faithful to the things he has called us to do. Being together means that we would trust one another and we grow in the fruits of the spirit. How do you grow in the fruits of the spirit, you guys? You do it by just memorizing them. It's a great start. The only way that bears itself out, the only way 
It's why a monastic view of the church will never work. It won't, it'll miss the entire thing about what Jesus is saying because the only way to grow in love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithful, gentleness, and self-control, you know the only way to grow in that is have someone around you. Someone that frustrates you. Someone you frustrate. Someone you sin against and they sin against you. That the substance of our faith goes back to Jesus and says, will you forgive me for what I've done? I repent. Will you forgive me? And we say, yes, we will. What would it look like to have a faith like a mustard seed to trust that God has placed you in a community of believers to grow in this way? It's slow, it's awkward, but it's how the fruits of the spirits are grown. God is using our faith just like a mustard seed in him to be grown into this amazing, beautiful kingdom. What would it look like for us to have faith like a mustard seed to commit to caring for our neighbors around us who are poor and needy? Alan mentioned gap. What would it look like to have that kind of a faith to trust in God just a little bit that his timing is perfect and so that we're faithfully willing to serve those who are down and out in every way. Like we're gonna go after them the way God's come after us. What would it look like, Grace Hill? Is that sexy? It's messy. It's hard. They may not want our help, but we give it and we go over and over again. Would we commit to grow and, 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 and trust God's timing with the relationships with the families we have within our community groups? I know these are hard. We have the privilege of serving them practically with the hope and the faith, even just a small faith to trust that God might grow and save some of these people that we get a chance to serve and care for. Small acts of obedience and faith. What might that look like? These are the things that a mustard seed faith and a mustard seed kingdom will produce. Those seeds are gonna turn into a much larger tree and so will our faith. It'll grow and blossom. These things, and the band can come up. These things, these things, a church, grace of, we would be a people. I dream that this would be a, a church where we're marked by the spirit of grace and truth who forgive freely and generously to one another. That's the first one. The second one is that we'd be made up Right, that we recognize that we're all broken people coming around and we need to be sought out for correction and we as well need to be the ones who ask for forgiveness as well as be the ones who give it. And I dream, and I believe Jesus' dream of the mustard seed kingdom would be that he would find a people who are committed to one another, not in word, but in deed. And, and that we would be a people who don't just love him for what he's done for us, but we then seek to love those around us the way he's loved us, our neighbors. That's what faith, like a mustard seed, will look like. God will do that work. I think the question for you and me today is will we trust and act in him as the substance of our faith to really, really do that? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for I just thank you for hard texts, Lord. I think even in those hard texts, God, I just I found in my own life just this week, just 
the challenge and yet the great encouragement, God, to to be relieved of the heavy burden of feeling like I've just got to have more of something, more faith in some way, Lord. I just need more, 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 more. And you're just going, Evan, do you, do you, do you trust me at all? Lord, would that be a question that your church this morning here, would we ask that of you? Do we trust you? a vision for what you want for us, the type of people you want us to be as a church, God, just one that simply loves you and loves other people. Don't let us go, God, from this place. Don't let us, don't let us flail around. God, I pray that you would arrest our attention and our affections in the places and the struggles, Lord, that we want to quickly move past today and just go, great, I hope for next week and just move on to the next thing. Lord, I pray that you would, you would keep us and you would say, like, son, daughter, faith of a mustard seed in me, do great things. You have the power to forgive. You have the power to be that kind of community that's just soaked in grace and mercy as well as the truth about who God is and all of his ways. God, Marcus is that kind of a people here in Grace Hill. Quick to go for one another, quick to lean into the awkwardness because we don't trust the circumstance, we don't trust the other person, we trust the risen Jesus. Help us with that, God. We ask this in your precious and powerful name.